That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network. Wait a minute. Stop the podcast. Before we get started, I have another super special announcement. I told you guys that there was going to be a lot of really dope announcements this summer. So here's another one. The Movie Night Crew Network is bringing on a brand new podcast, Content and Capable, hosted by Sam the Journalist, our good friend. It's a podcast about how to be an adult and be happy at the same time. I know that a lot of people aren't good at doing both. So here's what Sam has to say about it. Hi, my name is Sam, and I've recently become an adult. But let's be honest, I have no idea what the fuck I'm doing. Like, can I still enjoy the kiddie rides at theme parks? And how do I look important and feel relaxed while traveling? Join me as I ask people how they are content with their life and feel capable as a functioning adult in society. Each Monday, myself and a guest will chat about a topic they feel passionate about and our adventures and struggles of being an adult in the real world. Hell yeah, I'm so excited. Look out for the first episode of Content and Capable dropping June 7th. And grinning broadly at the look of horror on Uncle Vernon's face, Harry set off towards the station exit, Hedwig rattling along in front of him for what looked like a much better summer than the last. What's up, potheads? Welcome to the Restricted Section, a show in which a bunch of nerds with potty mouths reread the Harry Potter series for the umpteenth time and discuss the way that the book series and its themes have stayed with a generation into adulthood. Thanks for listening. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry. We did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Chapter 22, Owl Post Again. This is the last chapter of The Prisoner of Azkaban, so we wrap up the loose ends from the last chapter, all the time travel nonsense. We get a little heart-to-heart with Dumbledore, and we go home for the summer. Wait, how did I put myself in a position where I'm speaking with three Ravenclaws right now? Well, good life choices, man. They say if you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. So one of you is for sure in the wrong room, but it's not me. It ain't me. It's Haley. It's definitely <laughs> Haley. My money's on Haley. Haley, get better friends. <laughs> but I like you guys. <laughs> she has better friends, but they all live in another state. Yeah. Also bad. <laughs> We're an excellent second set. <laughs> you need your home set. It's just New Hampshire just isn't worth it. Okay, I'm going to get started at this time. Okay, great. Welcome to the Restricted Section. It's me, your host, Christina. I am very excited to be joined my, by my beloved Andrew. Hello. Hello. I'm beloved. Yes. It's good to be beloved. <laughs> and I'm also very excited to see you, Brooke. How are you doing? Just rolling in the chaos. <laughs> Brooke's at my house right now. No reason. Haley, <laughs> I don't feel as precious towards you because I saw you like half an hour ago and we got dinner together. I'm not beloved. I see how it is. That's fine. It's cool. Andrew's the favorite child. I'm not I'm not salty or anything. For yep. some reason, whenever we start recording, I, I just I only have one adjective and I have to really like <laughs> really kind of like make that last for all the introductions I have. So what she's saying is you are beloved, you're just not special. 
and none of us are unique. Yeah, I love all of you guys exactly the same. You know, you be loved all of us the same. Come on, get it together. But Andrew, I've loved you longer. That's true. Before we get into this week's episode, I would like to take us on a quick detour. One guess what it is. Is it possibly the idea of a person, a specific person? Do we might, may have, may chance, per chance, per chance, may have? Okay, you're smiling. Either way, is it a Mott's Thoughts? <laughs> Always. Always Mott's Thoughts. Um, thank you so much for your patience, Mott's. Um, we wanted to give each of your ideas its due diligence. Um, we actually have like a couple, of, a couple of listener emails. Just because this is the last chapter of The Prisoner of Azkaban, you know how it goes. A little bit wrap up, a little bit summarizing, a little wink from Dumbledore. So <laughs> we want to spice it up a little bit. So, okay. First, we have Mott's Thoughts. Okay. I'm going to be Mott's now. Okay. Mott says, The Cursed Child is canon but only because it's an in-universe Harry Potter fanfic written by Dennis Creevy. Mott's specifies, I would have said Colin, but he died during the Battle of Hogwarts. Spoilers. Anyway, this would explain why the writers seem to only have a very basic understanding of the events and characters. Picture Dennis looking over <laughs> to try to catch Harry's eye at breakfast, but all he sees is hungry Ron shoving food into his mouth. Wow, he's always so hungry. It's like his only personality trait aside from being Harry Potter's friend. And that's why the cursed child makes no fucking sense. I believe I it. it. I yeah. love it. <laughs> so we're positing an Ember Island player scenario. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Mott's just watched Avatar The Last Airbender for the first time. So like he can finally, he gets the joke now. Oh, Mott's. yay. And for those of you like Mott's who are just experiencing Avatar The Last Airbender for the first time, be sure to check out our brand new network podcast, My Cabbages, in the show notes. My Cabbages. My Cabbages. Um... <laughs> But no, it's, it's brilliant because it also explains away one of my, like, I really do not like Curse of Child for a number of reasons, but the biggest one is that there are just some certain facts that, like, it seems to get completely wrong. Like, I remember there's a thing with the trolley lady where the ghost of the trolley lady is somehow pushing a physical trolley of cookies and treats and stuff down the hall, and that just doesn't make sense because ghosts are, like, never shown to be able to, like, interact with the physical world. Interesting. What if she trained like so hard to be like the lunch lady? <laughs> One person had a couple of years that they were able to do it while she was training and then just got ridiculously fired. She comes across Patrick Swayze, ghost in the streets, and they together have one penny to work out how to interact with the physical mortal plane. <laughs> My plug for this week is ghost. Um, okay, our next email is from Claire K. Hey, Claire. We love Claire. Claire says, hi, all. Since you are getting to the end of Prisoner of Azkaban, I had one last question slash discussion for y'all about the Marauders. As I'm sure you are aware of the fandom trying to get a Marauders TV show or spinoff series or at least before Fantastic Beasts when we thought that bitch wasn't a one-trick pony. <laughs> I should have read this before I'm reading it out loud because it's like catching me off guard and I'm laughing. Um, I just wanted to hear your opinions or hot takes about who you would cast for Hogwarts aged marauders. The TikTok community has created a consensus on who they would want in the roles based on Harry Potter and AYTD. What is this? I'm going to click on it. What is this? What is AYTD? Oh my god, I'm not prepared for like, I, I, pl I plugged this into the <laughs> my notes like probably like two full months ago. Oh my god, don't even worry about it. All the young dudes. 
it's a fan fiction. <laughs> oh, it is. Yes, I've actually heard that now. Okay, okay. I, I've heard it from Claire, so I should have remembered that. The TikTok community has created a consensus on who they would want in the roles based on Harry Potter and all the young dudes, but I kind of wanted your opinion on the matter. And Claire attached that TikTok consensus. Um, I'm going to put that in the show notes. I'm sorry for always talking about the Wolfstar and Marauders era. Love the show, Claire K. Claire? Never apologize for always talking about Wolfstar Marauders, okay? Because we are here for it. Gang, who is you cast as Hogwarts era Marauders? My problem is, I don't know any kid actors. I was I just going to say, I don't know what the youths like or do these days. Andrew Garfield. <laughs> all, right. all of the people who have ever played Spider-Man, is that's who, the I, only people in my brain. I don't know who the youths are these days. <laughs> who are they? Y'all, I've got it. I've got it, okay? Okay. Hear me out. A little crazy, but I think it'll work. Okay. Let's get more diversity. Let's, okay. If we're already going to do a story, let's also make it one that she can't profit off of. So maybe we make it a fan fiction. Okay. So if it's a fan fiction, how about gender reversing the Marauders and okay. then just making them the members of Blackpink? I don't like any part of that. <laughs> well, no, I, I was like listening it. keenly. I was like, interesting. He has something cool here. And no, I should have known that in the I end. It was going to get to K-pop. I don't know anyone that young. I also like, don't like gender reversing in general. It's a cheap ploy. Make real characters that are just women. Yes. I, <laughs> yes. Yes. Although that one time we went to see the gender reverse um, Taming of the Shrew, that was quite poignant. But they did like they did it for a reason and they yes. did something with it. That's the thing. Here's a writing tip free of charge. If you're going to do a thing, do it for a reason. Seems obvious, but uh uh-uh. I'm Googling young actors. Right like, now. all I can, literally, all I can think of is the Stranger Things kids. That's it. Yeah, That's all I I've got. I got Stranger Things. I got Timothy Chalamet or whoever is going to fucking be in Dune, but he can't be in Harry Potter spinoff because he's already in Dune. You can only have one fantasy legacy. Wait, These people age? are also all like 20 year olds. Like, you type in young actors and it's like, I don't know, yeah. Josh Hutcherson. And I'm like, that dude's like 30. We're disappointing yeah. Claire right now. Sorry, well, Claire. <laughs> I, I think the problem is like, what age are you going to do the series too? Because if you're starting them off at in first year, then I mean, you're talking like a ten year old, and I just do not know any ten year olds. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm honestly less interested in like the Hogwarts Marauders era than I am in like the time period between graduation and like when everything went to shit. Like I'm interested in the original order of the Phoenix, like that time period after they like grew up and yeah. like were real yeah. like adults and weren't like shitty teenagers anymore. Yeah. But I still don't know who I, I would cast. I'm useless. I'm making the sourest face right now. Just staring <laughs> at young people on it, on Google being like, why are the boys doing their hair like this? These <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> Their hair is okay. so silly. <laughs> okay. Okay. If if it's up to us to cast the Marauders as young people, here here's what I got. Chucky Finster would play Professor Lupin. Tommy would play Sirius Black. <laughs> Phil would play James Potter. And then, uh, I don't know who Angelica would play Wormtail. plays Wormtail. Angelica. Maybe Dill. At first, we don't like Dill very much. Don't show Who me that guy this? with that shirt. Who is um, this? Wait, is that Percy Jackson? That's a I is a age. That's Ender. <laughs> yeah, oh, it's Ender. I think it Asia is how you pronounce yeah. that name. A S A. Yeah, it's. I think it's Asia. That's Ender. Ender Asia, shouldn't be grabbing Asia a shirt like that. Butterfield. <laughs> what a name. The most British name. <laughs> I'm sorry. I haven't. 
stopped making a stank face through this entire conversation. Okay. Well, I learned that the guy who played Ender grew up to look like the guy who played <laughs> Percy Jackson. There's probably like a three-year age difference there. Speaking of people that are looking like people, modern-day Zac Efron looks more like Rob Lowe just every single yes. day. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Oh, I'm like so a fine one. <laughs> now we have two. No. But without no. problematic yes. histories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To get us back on track, everyone say sorry, Claire. Sorry, Claire. Sorry, Claire. Sorry, I guess, Claire. I, I don't know, let, let us, the email us and let us know your casting. No, here's the thing. Here's what I'm going <laughs> to say. You do the exact same thing they did with the actual Harry Potter movies. You do an all call for kids in the right age range and you right. just take someone talented and like write for it. Yes. Like someone. Give an unknown a hair. chance. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Get some new blood out there. You can end up with an Emma Watson. Yeah. But in the name of community engagement, let us know what you think. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me your opinions on whether or not a 30-year-old should know 10-year-old boys by name. Just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me. 10-year-old actors by name. <laughs> well, it doesn't help that like there's been no real like media coming out for like a year now so it's not a thing where it's like i've seen a movie with like a promising youngster it's just like nothing yeah okay what i want is i know who i want for ron but i want it to be frankie muniz when he first debuted on malcolm in the middle young and hopeful frankie (laughs) muniz okay wait i just realized something okay i'm reading all of our fan mail and the, the name of the chapter is outpost i didn't say that yet but it just it's fitting and i just realized it well it's we outpost. are reading our outpost oh yeah outpost again again yeah well we do it a lot so we're doing it again, again. <laughs> and the whole theme of this book is doing things again. again do it again do it again well we've never heard from this person before this is our final email before we get into the chapter um, we're not doing this again. Carissa, we're doing it for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> we're great at this. It just, it just comes out. It's our just, first gotta... time. Be gentle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I bet they're so glad they took the time to email us now. <laughs> they have just turned off this podcast. They will never turn it back on. Why did you address me by name? I'm so awkward. Carissa says, hello, I'm a fairly new listener. I just spent the last few months listening to all of the episodes from the beginning, and I'm finally caught up. Carissa. I'm so sorry. I I bet you're glad we got better mics. (laughs) It occurred to me listening to the Quidditch final part two episode where Mots introduces Sally Ann Perks, and you all say it's possible that Sally Ann was sorted into Gryffindor. But if Sally Ann was sorted into Gryffindor, is it possible that Faye Dunbar's friend and Sally Ann Perkins are the same person. <laughs> I'm okay. What do we think about that? Because Krista goes on to ask more thoughtful questions. I love that. I mean, <laughs> Faye Dunbar's friend, as we've established, is my favorite character um, in the entire series, bar none. So I would love it if she had a name. So you stand <laughs> Sally P now, or Sa- yeah. what, Sally? What's her name? Sal- Perkins. Perkins. It is Sally Perkins. Okay. Sally Perkins. Sally P. Yes, I am a Sally P. Stan. <laughs> That's my position. That's the hill I'm going to die on. <laughs> That's my position. Who would you cast for Sally P. In <laughs> Zendaya, in next question. <laughs> That's the only young Can actor you- I know. <laughs> Can you imagine? Can you imagine just Zendaya wandering onto the set of a Harry Potter spinoff? She's just in the background. It's never addressed. She's right, just to there. play like an extra with no lines. Mm-hmm. 
That's what I would do if I was famous, dude. I'd be like, yo, I'm a nerd about this. Let me in. They'd be like, dude, you're Zendaya. Of course you can come on. Okay. Um, Carissa goes on to say, I'm also curious to know how you all feel about the Percy Weasley Oliver Wood ship which I have never considered or heard about before. I beg your pardon. (laughs) (laughs) I find it hilarious to think about how Percy and Oliver had to share a dorm for seven years. I don't think they would have worked while at school since Oliver only cared about Quidditch and Percy was, well, Percy. But I think that later after the war, when Percy gets his life back on track, maybe they could reconnect and realize they've just been hiding from each other for years. I mean, they both have the exact same lawful neutral energy going. Yeah, which is probably why I'm so deeply attracted to both of them. It has never occurred to me that they had that they were in the same year and must have shared a dorm. Yeah. Yeah. Imagine the other three people who have to share a dorm with two of the most neurotic men in this whole story. Oops. They're they're neurotic in like such different ways too. Like I feel like I feel like everyone else is constantly like walking on eggshells around them as they're constantly yeah. bet- butting heads, but like now that now that I'm aware there's a ship between the two of them, now I'm seeing it. Like, oh, oh, everyone's just, like, waiting for them to, like, either fight or bang. Because they're always both. fussing at each other. Yeah, because they're always fussing at each other. <laughs> I would actually see them as, like, two actual just, like, alone forever bachelors who, like, find a, a nice, like, two-bedroom apartment where they just, like, live as pleasant roommates because no one else can quite stand them for just Watson ever. Holmes. Yeah, Aww. Watson and Holmes scenario is okay. is exactly correct. Who's who? Um, I think Hollywood is Holmes in yeah. this particular scenario. Okay. Percy's too much of a wet blanket to be Holmes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's more of like a um, like oh god, what is it? Like this strange? I don't know. There's like an old sitcom the and, odd with like that very the Odd Couple. Yeah, yeah they're yeah. like the Odd Couple. It's a play. It's it's a play. I thought it was. A, it's right. also well, a movie. I'm, Okay. And a sitcom. I believe yeah. it's all. Oh, I didn't know about the sitcom. And probably a radio drama. Oh, okay. All right. So I'm not 100% wrong. I did the play in high school. <laughs> also, the okay, I support Oliver Wood as um, Holmes, right? That's what we said. Mm-hmm. Because I think he has the potential to be kind of a loose cannon in a way that like Percy doesn't really. Mm-hmm. And like Holmes needs that like wild card yeah. element. He also has the reckless abandonment of human life. Yeah. Like, he doesn't wow. give a shit. Also <laughs> so that. important. And so if uh, the, the Quidditch career doesn't work out quite as well as he would want, the only way he can fall asleep is to do hardcore nar- narcotics to stop his brain from thinking about Quidditch. Like, I, oh I can God. totally see him as Holmes. It's sad and true. Yeah. Okay, uh, Carissa goes on to say, keep doing what you do, Carissa. Thank you so much, Carissa. We will you, keep Carissa. doing what we do. Well, you know, Maybe. we're going to take a little <laughs> break for the summer, but... I guess what we do is this, so... I'm, <laughs> I'm this sorry. This is what we do now. <laughs> just from now on recording every moment of our day-to-day <laughs> lives walking around with microphones never leaving zoom <laughs> oh, oh it's a social experiment it was funny and then it became a nightmare yeah well let's get into this chapter chapter 22 the final chapter of the prisoner of azkaban i'll post again 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 are. yeah so Okay, so this chapter isn't as boring as you might think from the title, because it starts, like, at the last chapter. It starts with Harry and Hermione racing to meet themselves, um, where they have, like, disappeared from the infirmary. And I'm just, like, so confused, because Harry's like, what happens if we don't get there in time? And Hermione says, I don't want to think about it. And I think what that means is J.K. Rowling didn't want to think about it. Mm -mm. 
I just want to quickly interject and say that Racing to Meet Themselves is a perfect emo band name, and now you can continue. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is pretty good. Or maybe an album name, but like, come on. You do a mirrored image of two people, the same person running towards themselves. (laughs) I can see it now. Yeah. Yeah. On a t-shirt in Hot Topic circa uh, 2005. (laughs) But the line that they're running on is a heartbeat. Oh, Oh, yeah. That also makes the run more challenging because you put obstacles. (laughs) Which would also raise your heartbeat. (laughs) Does anyone else hate not the sound of their own laugh, but the look of their own laugh on audacity? (laughs) Wow. Nothing has ever been more relatable to me in my life. (laughs) Like, I hate it. I just don't look at my feed. I just don't look at it. Whatever happens, happens. I'm so intimate with like the the look of what things sound like. Like I can look at audio and be like, "That's Andrew saying wow." Like that's Brooke <laughs> saying actually. That's Haley saying fuck. Like I can, I'm like, <laughs> I love that those are our keywords. <laughs> <laughs> like I can look and be like, okay, that's a sneeze. That one's a dog bark. Okay. Um. And yep. The, oh, that's my laughter. Oh, it's still going. I see. Okay. Wow. Okay. That one really tickled me, I guess. Um. Okay. So what do we make of the fact that they like have to, they feel like they have to meet themselves? I think it's because of, if I had to guess, if I had to justify this, I think it's because of Dumbledore's um, very explicit instructions because he gave, he like clearly was like, hey, like this is the time you need to be back. And he made the comment about locking them in. So it's, I think it's less about like them. I, I don't know. I think it's a thing where it's like, I don't think it's time turnery nonsense as the reason why they have to be back at a certain time. I think it's because of the fact that Dumbledore clearly has a plan here and they need to be back in order for his plan to work. And that's why he was so specific with them. I, I think you're absolutely right. They, uh, because if you think about it, throughout her day, Hermione would have been going to different classes and different areas of the cla- of the building. There's no way. And if she had come back, like, you have to be close, but you can't see each other because that's a problem. And people can't see you coming to each other. Like, there's no way that's normally the way this is done. Like, it, I, I think you're absolutely right. It has to be for this one scenario. So that he can say they were locked in the dorm the whole time mm-hmm. with a wing. I just, like, here's the thing. If they're one minute late, can't Dumbledore just stand there and check his phone for like a one minute? I mean, you know what I'm saying? That's basically what happens. He's he's like, you have to be back at a very specific time, and then he's like, great. Now that you're here, let's have a chat. How'd I go, guys? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just feel like the way that they're like so urgently rushing, like every second matters. It's like I'm not quite buying it. It's a stressful run too, because like. It, like they they're run into hiding. yeah they're hiding from like snape and fudge and like peeves pops up at one point like it, it's like an obstacle course yeah they're like yeah. we have 10 minutes and we need all 10 of those minutes and someone's coming shit <laughs> yes yeah um i think yeah. maybe it was done for the well would you say it might have been done for, for the, are, are you saying <laughs> wait brooke is what you're implying <laughs> I, that this was I just done think maybe perhaps for the drama <laughs> Perhaps oh. I. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that. Could you just? Is it, maybe... Was it? Was it for the drama? <laughs> yes, actually. <laughs> okay, so we're all on the same page. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I got so far into that and realized I had no clue how to end that bit. 
So just cut <laughs> so that just, real uh, hard. No, just, uh, no, just keep, uh, no, keep us just stammering at each other like I Morty. Know, for sure. <laughs> no, it's perfect. The proper end of that bit is a cutaway to Oliver Wood holding a magnifying glass, looking at a book going, a clue. Because then it's also a callback to the Oliver Wood joke at the beginning. We're not judging <laughs> him Sherlock Holmes. It, that's, that's the full circle of that bit. <laughs> if only we actually had that clip. Yeah. <laughs> Insert here. Yep. Boop. Okay, I'm not a magician. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, Peeves. Okay, and then they go. Okay, and then Dumbledore's talking, and then they see him coming out of the room, and then there, we're here. There, there they are. They run up behind Dumbledore. And, and really quickly, like, Haley, your theory gets proven correct all the time, because even bringing up Peeves, there's no reason to bring that encounter up. Like, literally, nothing happens. Nothing. Except Peeves is here. Now he's not. This entire scene is written so that the Mission Impossible theme song could be playing in the background. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Well, and it, I think it's a great example, too, of something that when you're younger feels like really high stakes. And as you read it, as you're older, you're like, no, <laughs> not, not really. <laughs> a lot of these books are like that for me. It's a lot of like, I used to feel like this was really intense and urgent and like, we're the only ones. And now it's like, I wouldn't make any of these choices, you know? <laughs> They're like, we did it, and Dumbledore's like, good job. I'm verbally confirming that we were in on this together, unlike in the movie where he's just like, uh, did what? Which I find to be charming. But <laughs> he's like, good job. Yeah, go ahead. And then he like locks him in real quick, and they go, and they Ron is still there unconscious as a reminder. And so Madame Pomfrey comes, and she's like, I saw you five seconds ago, and now here I am again, and it's five seconds later, and your body constitutions are exactly the same, and you still desperately need chocolate from your very recent run-in with the Dementors. Oh, wait, maybe that's the reason. What? Because Madame Pomfrey. Like, she would notice if they left and the ones coming back weren't there yet. Oh, She'd be like, where'd they go? And Dumbledore would have to, like, kind of do a, like, dance routine or something. <laughs> they, they, they would have some <laughs> explaining to do. And be like, well, <laughs> let me tell you. Andrew, I just got a sneak peek of how you dance at fish concerts, and now I know I'm never coming. It was. Imagine your dad dancing. That's what it was that, like. That was pretty much exactly what it was like. <laughs> your dad dancing in the kitchen while he's making guacamole and trying to entice you to have some. Wow. Dad, I'm not hungry. I already made guac. Cilantro is in the guaco. <laughs> Okay, so so they just <laughs> get it together, gang. Ever since ever since Sean's birthday oh, party man. with the dad theme, Andrew's just really been in his element. He just he can't turn it off. He turned it on, and now he can't turn it off. <laughs> Flip that switch. No going back now. <laughs> okay, focus. Okay, um. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, so Fudge and Snape come back and they're like mad. Wait, but Snape's really mad because Sirius Black is gone now. They heard him screaming across the building, across the castle, through stone walls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's worth noting that they don't come back like on purpose. They come back purely because Snape is like, not nah, fuck this. Stampeding. Fuck this 13-year-old boy. Yeah. It's surely him. And like, is he right? Sure. But is this like a massive overreaction for an adult talking about a 13-year-old? Yes. 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 Yeah, like it's, it's a lot. I Just 
I have such clear memories of, uh, like, again, my mom read all of the books to me, like, the first time. Uh, so I have very clear memories of her reading Snape screaming and just laughing my ass off. <laughs> because, I, like, I think everyone... She does of, the voices. Yeah, she does voices, but also it's just, like, you know, this has been a long time coming. Like, this whole thing where Snape embarrasses himself in front of the Minister of Magic, just, like, making it super... In front of the Minister of Magic and the Headmaster, making it just right. super clear in front of God and everyone that he has a grudge against a child. And, like, I think everyone had a teacher at one point growing up who hated them like openly but like no, no. one would believe you about that i did um <laughs> man miss stevens hated me she wasn't even my teacher it was just like we were sharing a classroom with her class and she fucking Whoa. despised me hey miss stevens if you're listening to this fuck you yeah fuck you <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening um, to this why <laughs> no if you're listening to this it's because we're awesome and also Fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> if you're listening to this, congratulations. That's a quote that someone said on the movie Night Crew, and I'm bringing it to the restricted section now. Hell crossover. Yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Stevens, direct quote, standing invitation, fight me. <laughs> but like it like that i had her the year that like i think i read like my mom read this book so it was just i was just sitting there like vindication <laughs> Yeah, I don't think I ever had a teacher hate me. I'm sure that some teachers didn't like me very much for being lazy and disruptive. Well, must be nice. <laughs> it must be nice. I uh, I did I do think I had a little bit of a self epiphany uh, this rereading this chapter uh, this a time. A palphony. Yeah, a yeah, a palphony. No, it didn't work. A selpiphany. Selpiphany is better. Um, Way better. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I knew there was something. <laughs> well, it can't be an epiphanelf. That would be nonsense. I think I've realized part of the reason that I am so forgiving to Snape. Okay, and we don't have time hear me for out. today, Andrew. It's not. It's not long, but in this specific scene, he reminds me of Mr. Wilson from Dennis the Menace. Like, yes, that child does horrible things to you, and he should be punished. But you're only ever seen overreacting in a way that is not okay for an adult to overreact to a child. And I love Dennis the Menace as a child. And I think that might be part of it is on some level I'm equating the way that Snape approaches Harry. It's a much darker and amplified way of how Mr. Wilson approaches Dennis the Menace. Interesting. I don't have that same frame of reference, unfortunately. So Mr. Wilson, and this is just a note, um, didn't try to... Fuck Dennis's mom. <laughs> that you know of. That you know of. <laughs> um, well, and now I'm out of Snape again. Don't fuck my mom. Okay. <laughs> Talking to everyone except for my step. Hey, hey, Snape. Fuck you. Don't fuck my mom. I'll fucking fight you. Come fight me, bitch. Standing my invitation. Mom would, my mom would never. Um, <laughs> okay, so so basically everyone's like, hey, hey Severus, like, they're right here. They've been here the whole time. Like, you are probably just, like, mad for some reason. Like, wish you wouldn't, bud. Calm down. And he has to be, like, led away. <laughs> um, but just, like, fellow seems quite unbalanced. <laughs> God, I love Brits. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, well, Fudge is, like, such a, a stereotype. He really you know? is, but, like, that's one of those stereotypes that exists for a reason. And, like, yeah. like British people in general are just, like, the masters of the understatement. 
Yeah. I think we were talking about that a little bit when we had our friend um, Jade on the show, who is yes. an actual Brit. <laughs> Real life Brit. I'm not. I did my waiting 13 years of it, and I'm not going to wait that much longer. Yeah, that's what it I'm was. I'm going to keep waiting, though. It's just like one or two. You take your time, but I'll be here when the time is over. Um, <laughs> Fudge is like just talking to himself um, kind of manically the way that we become more and more accustomed to over the next couple books he says never dreamed they'd attempt to administer the kiss on an innocent boy and i feel like you hey. can you i feel like you uh. can feel jk rowling putting the most clinical words into that sentence possible to get around like kissing little boys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> administer <laughs> um well, yeah while i completely understand the move of removing the dementors right 100% get that there's no mention of other increased security, though. Like, yes, to their is. knowledge... Yeah, dragons. there is. They start talking about dragons. Dragons. Well, I... The immediate solutions is what you I'm talking about. You would think if about. you take like, a guard away, you have to get one up there immediately. Yeah, exactly. I, like, not for next year. Like, you still got right. time left until they go home. Like, like they did when the portrait lady ran away. You had to get someone else up, like, the next morning. Right. Like, if, if it was bad enough that you needed someone there, even with Dumbledore there for all this time, then it's still that bad. Like, if anything, then you know he's nearby. Right. Yeah. Well... Well, also, the kids are about to go home for the summer anyway, so. <laughs> Hogwarts is like, just get out of here, dude. Yeah, how how many of them can die in a week? <laughs> how many can go missing from a train? <laughs> no one got off of that car. <laughs> Hogwarts is like car accidents. They always happen when you're closest to home. Wow, so true. <laughs> so true. Um. Okay, so then everyone leaves, and then Ron wakes up and is like, oh, what's going on? What's happening? And Ron, <laughs> Harry's just like, Hermione, you explain. And he starts eating more chocolate, which that's a lot of chocolate. That's He's had four chocolate bars, right? Okay, Harry is having a full-on PTSD episode here. <laughs> he's like, I don't want to talk about it. I simply cannot. I'm going to sit here and eat chocolate until I vomit. And then we hard cut to him walking around the lake being like, the stag was coming at me from that bank just there, just yesterday. Maybe. <laughs> I think Carrie is fully disassociating here. <laughs> yeah, okay, you're right. Okay, so they are doing that. Um, and Hagrid comes up to them. Here's a question. We counted Hagrid as drunk last night. Is he drunk again now? Because that counts as another drunk. It's a new day. Yes. Because he said he was celebrating all night. All night. I'm inclined okay. to believe it was all, all right, night. I'm going to Weebly, I'm going to Weebly right now. I'm going to update our drunk teacher count. He's sweaty and red-faced. <laughs> Could be hungover, but I I'm calling not drunk. smiling. He Hagrid definitely seems like the type to me though that even if he has to work knows that the best cure for a hangover is in fact more alcohol and it's Just like, "Well, drinking. it looks like yeah. I'm going to be drunk again." Hair of the dog it. <laughs> okay, so our Drunk teacher count has been updated. Hagrid is pulling ahead from the rest of the pack with a strong five. Drunk. We knew this would happen. <laughs> we know Hagrid he's gonna, has a problem. We already know he's going to win. No, Trelawney's going to catch up. Oh, come, true. Does she? Yeah. Trelawney, as a reminder, all we ha the only data we have for that is a series of question marks. It's impossible to tell. <laughs> Opium highs don't count in the drunk teacher count so it's really hard to tell where <laughs> she, these things stop and where other things start she's gonna catch up with the cooking sherry though yeah, well, yeah in okay book six it gets bad 
And then McGonagall is at one. And so I think we all knew Haggard was always going to win this. But what I'm interested to see is who else is on the board. McGonagall was on the board since book one. And I find that to be interesting. We need a real contender. Well, I think it's going to be Traylon. I think it's going to be Traylon. Or Slughorn. Slughorn's going to have his time in the sun for that as well. Slughorn is a classy gentleman, though, and it's not always clear when he's drunk. Like, where do we draw that line? He doesn't get drunk. He just, he drinks port, like, like, or sherry and like those little tiny glasses. You ever drink out of those? He has a tipple. He gets Fraser drunk. (laughs) Oh my God, wait, but one of my favorite moments in all of the Harry Potter movies is a drunk Slughorn moment. It's in the movie, not the book, and it's when they're in the th- three broomsticks and he spills on Hermione and says, all hands on deck, Granger. All hands on deck, Granger. Oh, <laughs> it's like the funniest <laughs> thing. <laughs> no, but Sl- Slughorn's going to be a contender because I think every time that he has a slug club party, like he's drunk yeah. and there's a lot of like flashbacks to those and him talking like yeah. sipping brandy talking to Voldemort, <laughs> you know, like I, 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 he's drunk. Let's be honest. That's the only reason he let that go, which means every time they go through that flashback, he's going to rack up some uh, serious <laughs> numbers. Like, yeah, we'll have to we'll have to figure out when we get to it if we're going to penalize him every time we revisit the same memory <laughs> or if we're only going to charge him once when we finally get to see the real memory in the end. So let us know now what. <laughs> so Hagrid basically well also like if Hagrid's drunk that's helpful for these children who are like having to pretend that they don't already know all of his updates he's like He's like, I know I shouldn't be happy that Buckbeak got away. And they're like, wait, what the fuck? Buckbeak got away? And he's oh. like, yeah, I guess I suck at tying knots and not on purpose. <laughs> and then they're like, okay, well, maybe Professor Hagrid's like, well, I don't think Professor Lupin ate him last night. And they're like, wait, what could Lupin have done? And he's like, oh my God. Wait, actually, this is probably like one of the most satisfying interactions of Hagrid's life to get to dish like all of the juice. <laughs> When you're like having a cheerful morning hangover buzz, it's just like, wait, wait, you didn't hear Professor Lupin is a werewolf. Well, and for once in his life, the information he's giving that way is not information that he should not be giving that right. way. Right. Like, it's like common. He's actually gossiping correctly and like, yes. good for you, buddy. Like, your time has finally come. <laughs> so I. I have a very silly like read of this scenario because he he lets well he he gets to dish that Professor Lupin is a werewolf and he ends that statement by saying he's packing now of course and Harry goes he's packing alarmed why and I initially read that as like he's packing like packing heat <laughs> and I just like got this amazing thing of like Dumbledore coming in and just like badass movie style tossing a handgun to Lupin and he's like they know Lupin and Lupin just like <laughs> and he's just like I guess they'll be coming for me does a shot slams it down and he's like let them know I'm packing and then just like strolls out of the castle <laughs> wow that would change the tone of this ending a little bit mm. werewolf with a gun <laughs> <laughs> Hope it's not a silver bullet. Uh, well, I mean, more than likely okay. that is what they would shoot. Because if another werewolf tries well, to step yeah, upon Yeah, we don't know turf. if he's fighting other werewolves. We don't know, have any yeah. backstory on this. <laughs> I know when I fight other quest. werewolves, I personally like to carry a dagger and a gun. Imagine that you're a werewolf 
fighting other werewolves, so you have to carry silver bullets, and it's like a great burden to you. But mm. you're willing to do it to protect the greater good. Ah, but they could be used on you. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, so you have to keep them really safe. Yeah, so you're no different from anyone else who has a loaded gun. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Man, I knew I shouldn't come on on this episode with all these raven claws. Oh my god, I'm like weeping. You got me there, Haley. You did. You got oh, me. Sweet Jesus. <laughs> um, sweet Remus. He's packing um his bags. In fact, all um, of his guns in his bags. <laughs> it looks like it's like for golf clubs, but it's just guns. Just guns. <laughs> um, basically, Harry's like, "Why are you leaving?" And Lupin's like, "What? <laughs> like, why do you think, dude?" Um, Harry, let me give you a little lesson called racism, okay? Um, Now, this is going to be real weird for you to hear because (laughs) you're a straight white kid, but you do have your dead parents, so maybe I can work into that. Okay, now imagine if there were people out there who just hated you because you had dead parents. Like, sounds crazy, right? Well, listen, I know it doesn't make sense, but that's kind of what they do. They just hate me. Because I'm aware. Now there is the side that yes, I do kill people sometimes. You know, I, I haven't, but it has happened. But I will say that while I love Lupin and he's clearly going through a lot and doing the most to be a safe bet, it's a little different because he is in fact a whole ass werewolf. You know what I mean? <laughs> How about this then? What if instead of racist, what if we draw in an AIDS epic? I feel like at this point, it's more like if you found out that someone in the school had been serving time for like felony murder and they were teaching your kindergartner and they're like, they're very reformed. And you're like, okay, cool. Also, no. That's the thing is there's no harm in trying in like letting a werewolf be a part of normal society if everyone that he is sharing space with during the full moon is a consenting adult what is what's the word for um like can like shit the, like, i think everyone has accepted the terms of in, service um, informed consent that's the word mm-hmm. i was looking for informed consenting adults that is the only people so if it's like you are, you're doing like a job with lupin and you have to go away or whatever and it's like hey everyone he's a werewolf like is everyone cool with that you know what i mean but it's like children other people's children <laughs> and like no one knows that this is happening that's the fucked up i feel part. like there's still workarounds there like they do have like the flu network and everything like at the full moon he could just like flu elsewhere do his potion just like absolutely zero risk yeah. factor well, he lives literally with a potions master who who is and does make that potion for him i don't know it gets into real bad privacy issues if you start telling people that because of something about them they have like i know we do it we do it with People like child molesters. Like, you have to tell people you're a child molester if you move to a neighborhood. Well, the thing is that, like, if he just has a day job where he doesn't have to live there, you don't have to tell anybody. You know, if you just just get a normal job and commute into the fucking Ministry of Magic every day or whatever, no one has to ever fucking know that you're a werewolf. I would say until the moment that he doesn't take that potion, he's not committing a crime. If he doesn't take that potion and stays there, then yeah, he's done something wrong. It's not about crimes. It's about protecting children. I don't think it's he's still been a right doing to a privacy crime either. issue, though. It's a right to privacy issue. What I, the point that I'm making mm-hmm. is 
Lupin and the other people who made this decision just should never have permitted him to be in this position. There are too many vulnerable people who don't know what's going on, and the risk is too high. He could have murdered 100 students if he had, like, transformed in the wrong place at the wrong time. Like, it could... The worst case scenario is, like, way too bad Mm -hmm. for anyone to let this happen. Go get a job at the ministry. That's what I'm saying. There's alternatives Mm -hmm. for you. Okay. Well, like, I think the social problem that they're dealing with and, like, the reason he's in this position in the first place is because, like, no one else just on principle wants to hire him. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't think the ministry will hire him. Yeah, like, that's, like, so that's where, like, the prejudice issue kind of comes in. Like, he he was at Hogwarts out of desperation. Yeah. I will say, once again, though, there's a difference between prejudice against things that are like actually harmless that nobody has any business doing and like prejudice against someone who transforms into a literal murderous monster with no control over their faculties that's true too that's true too am i saying it's right no am i saying that lupin's a good guy absolutely but also it's a thing that like i think i understand a little bit more than any like real world example because we don't in fact have people that turn into literal wolf humans literal wolf humans designed for murder yeah for (laughs) sure for sure you know what it's a fine line and when we're all parents who have children who are going off to magical school and we receive knowledge that there's going to be a werewolf teaching at this school we we can make decisions based on our own thoughts on this i think i would homeschool magic for the (laughs) health and safety of my child yeah, yeah. Honestly, I think Lupin's main problem is that he was born in the wrong decade, because if he'd, if he'd been born like a millennial, let's say, he could have just done monster fucker porn. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, where is this going? There's, there's people, work. I mean, there's people who would, who would pay him money, like, wow. d- just, just to transform on set and, you know, just whatever happens, happens. <laughs> I believe you. To be in the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Dumbledore shows up at Lupin's office and he's like, time to go for no for no reason other than he's like, Harry probably needs to have the last closing words of the book with me right about now. <laughs> oh, wait. Very important point. Before Dumbledore shows up, uh, Lupin does yeet the Marauder map and the invisibility cloak that Harry yes. cannot keep track of back yeah. at him. He consistently uh, intentionally abandons <laughs> I, I really, I dug that scene though. And I always have because the way that Lupin, I've always loved the the scene of Lupin being like, and now that I'm not a teacher, I can give, I, I, I really respect someone who's able to like compartmentalize like that. Like the moment that I'm not your teacher, that like those rules are different. I, I've yeah. always loved that about him. Also, Aww. like I just, something that's always bothered me is, or, or something I've always had like trouble picturing is like, the circumstances under which Snape told the Slytherins, like, like let slip to this, like, because, you know, it's not like McGonagall talks to the Gryffindors when they're at breakfast that much. She'll, like, pass out their schedules and everything. But, like, there's no way to just, while passing out class schedules, be like, oh, hey, P.S., the defense teacher is a werewolf anyway. Um uh, here's uh, you've got you've got that thing at uh, four. Like that's how how did he work that into conversation? I picture him sitting like at the teacher's table in the great hall or something, and like and like just pointing at like Malfoy or something and being like, "Come here." And Malfoy like runs up and he's like, "Did you know that Professor Lupin is a werewolf?" And Malfoy's like, "What the fuck? Are you kidding me?" And Snape's just like, "Yeah, did you know?" Yeah, because Granger's known for like three months. Now, <laughs> yeah. So. yeah, and then Malfoy's like, 
I'm going to burn this down. Yeah, literally, literally. And then he goes and disseminates the information. That's how I would do it. No, if I wanted all of Hogwarts to know something, I would tell Draco Malfoy and like within 10 minutes. I would tell Colin Creevy. Pansy Parkinson. But that's the thing. No one wants to talk to those two. (laughs) For some reason, Draco has friends. I would tell Faye Dunbar and her BFF SP. (laughs) (laughs) There's also the chance he did it like a... uh, like an old 1920s politician and stood up in front of the Slytherins and was like, I think it is your right to know that your teacher is in fact a werewolf. And I think you should ask your parents how do they feel about your teacher being a werewolf. I'm picturing Severus Snape in like like the colonel's suit. You oh know, yeah, like, Kentucky Colonel well, Lenny yeah, suit. Yeah. chicken or like yeah, the, a military? The, no, the chicken. <laughs> like the, the white, chicken? like the white suit with the, the linen little, suit, the dirty yeah. suit. Yeah, that I one. See, I, see. I, I got you. I got you. Summertime casual. Yeah. <laughs> so Dumbledore comes into Lupin's office, I, apparently for the sole purpose of having these closing remarks with Harry, because he's like, "Lupin, your rides here," and it's like, "There's so many other ways to do that without the headmaster having to walk all across the school at the age of 150 or whatever." And as soon as Dumbledore showed up, I was like, what are you doing here? And then I was like, honestly, if I was headmaster and a teacher I liked was leaving school, I would I would walk him out, too. But then yeah. Lupin's like, I don't don't walk me out, dude. And then I'm like, God damn it. He just came. He just came to talk to Harry. And this isn't even a good as far as Harry Potter closing remarks with Dumbledore go. This one's pretty much as boring as it gets. Every single thing I noticed on this re- uh, like this rereading, like. Every single thing that Dumbledore says in this chapter, he said quietly. Uh, every single, th- every dialogue tag for Dumbledore is quietly in this chapter. Like, there's way too many. This one says thoughtfully. Oh, well then. <laughs> well, I very rarely am thoughtful at a loud volume. That is true. Wait, okay, there's a lot of adverbs. Voldemort does like adverbs. Bitterly, quietly, oh, thoughtfully, quietly again. Yeah, right. there are several. Right. Softly. So I have a serious question with serious? this. <laughs> a a question that is serious or a question about serious? I have a question about Dumbledore's bullshit. So, okay. He goes as part of this very long monologue. He talks about the fact that Peter Pettigrew is now indebted to Harry and that they are connected by the fact that Harry saved his life. And that's like Love deep and impenetrable. Magic. Whatever, whatever. Does that ever pay the fuck off? Yeah, because it, yeah, very it much does. So. Yeah, it does. Yeah, Just because- you wait. Just you wait. So, so, so. Catch you in four books, Brooke. Yeah. <laughs> in a basement, nonetheless. In a basement. Ooh, oh, wait. A basement. In, in a basement. Hold What's on. Like- wait. Why is someone catching me in a basement? Like, tease us out for me. <laughs> There's an elf there, too. A tall, manic blonde oh, with a cane. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> throws you in his basement in a not sexy, but still kind of sexy way. Okay, I can work with this. You're a prisoner, but in a fun way. (laughs) Your friends are there, too. (laughs) Your your basement's a little different than the other basement. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. I don't want to fuck all of you together. (laughs) This would be a very weird orgy. Wait, wait, wait. So you do want to fuck us separately? (laughs) I'm going to neither confirm nor deny. (laughs) 
You can talk to my legal representation. I'm going to need some NDAs signed before I answer that question. That's For what funny. it's worth, Fair I think it, I think it would be more fun to fuck you guys all at the same time than separately. I think I think it would be a fun time. We wouldn't be able to take each other seriously. I, that's the thing. No. I think it would be really fun to just run around naked for a whole night together <laughs> and be like, how to. ridiculous <laughs> is this? That's what it would become. Yeah, this is sexy. And it's like, we're just like watching Disney. Yeah, no genital touching, just <laughs> gratuitous nudity. <laughs> <laughs> this, uh, you're ju- uh, this is just turning more and more into describing a day at the river. Yeah. Oh, well, actually, right. wait. Yeah, we do this all the time. Never yeah. mind. <laughs> Titties in the breeze. I don't want to uh, to bring the mood down too much. Wow, he wants us to stop talking about titties. Rip. Well, I did just want to say before we move on that I actually really appreciate uh, Dumbledore's little thing about people that die and like how they never really leave you and all that. Because just by chance, uh, actually on Friday, a uh, guy that I played football with died at 30. Oh my god. Damn. Yeah, and like, I, I'm not going to pretend like he was my best friend or anything, but I did like the guy. He's one of those that you would see every, like, you know, few months to every year or so, and just, like, always a really good dude. And it, it was really nice to read it. It, it like, you know, it, it was That's a very sweet. simple but very timely passage to yeah. read, you know? Well, so, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, I, sorry, I didn't want to bring everything down, but, like, I do just want to say, like, it, it, it may not be the best written thing in the world, but it, it hit pretty well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is like a night. Nice, this I'm making fun of this conversation because usually it's like it was Dumbledore all along, yeah. but now it's just kind of like, "Hey, budge, you okay?" And it's like, "No, oh. well, get used to it." <laughs> this we is did the last- on that note skip something kind of important. Harry mm. finally remembering in this moment. Oh, oh shit, in in the whole process of, you know, finding my long-lost godfather and uh, discovering a murderer in hiding, I kind of forgot about Professor Trelawney predicting the return of Voldemort yesterday. Oh yeah, I forgot about that too. Can you guys tell that I didn't take notes just this once? I thought I could get away with it. Um, so that's why I keep skipping stuff. We'll never do it again, so sorry. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I do like, th- I like, I think that Dumbledore and Harry can be a little cheeky in the same way sometimes and it's like that's what connects them to each other sometimes. Um, Harry's like oh like by the way Professor Trelawney was acting strange yesterday and Dumbledore's like do you mean stranger than usual? And Harry's like yeah 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 you get me. (laughs) I I think it's actually really clever because the way I've always read this is this is like Dumbledore he needs Harry to trust him and like him for the next few years because he's about to like really fuck with this kid's life and he needs Harry to be the kid that he needs him to be and I think this is him like I'm going to be purposefully unprofessional and talk shit about one of my uh, teachers to one of their students and you know I I just I think it's a really clever move by Dumbledore because it's like I need you to think of me as grandpa you already do but I need you to really like grandpa too interesting yeah it is hard to know what of Dumbledore ever is like authentic and what is part of the plan. Yeah, because like the way that he like corrects Harry and says Professor Snape, Professor Snape, anytime that Harry just calls him Snape, and this time he's like, I do believe that would bring her total number of real predictions to two. Mm-hmm. See, I hated that line because it felt like two was like a stare directly into the camera. Like that would bring her total number yeah. of predictions to two. two. <laughs> right, and Harry's Wait, just we've like we've only heard about one of them. But the thing is, is they gloss right over it. Harry is like disinterested in that, rolling right <laughs> along. It's 
pretty classic Harry, if nothing else. In all fairness, when I read this the first time, I'm pretty sure I did not pay any attention to that line whatsoever. I was like, ha ha, two, that's a low number. (laughs) (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) The other line I totally hated is like as a reassuring thing, Dumbledore goes, prongs rode again last (laughs) night, (laughs) which (laughs) is like a, I wanted Dumbledore to end that with a yeehaw. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So we talk a little bit about Harry's like, I feel like it's my fault that like that Voldemort's going to come back to life or whatever. And Dumbledore's like, bro, that probably won't even be a problem. Don't even worry about it. And then Harry's like, I feel kind of stupid because I thought I saw my dad last night. And Dumbledore's like, bro, I I would think the same thing. You look exactly like him as a reminder that you have your mother's eyes. Don't even worry about it. Um (laughs) And then, and then the scene's over. Thanks, thank God. Let's move on. Um, so we go into like the end of school montage, right? Malfoy's furious about Buckbeak, and um, Percy is still banging Penelope. Yes, he is still. It's been about two years now. Quick check in. Still banging. Yeah, still banging. Good for him. And Good now he's talking her ear off about magical law enforcement, which I think he probably does that to get hard and then still talks about it during sex. <laughs> it says, um, blah, 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 magical law enforcement, Percy told the only person who would listen, his girlfriend, Penelope. And this made me feel exactly like when Sean has been doing a lot of research about exactly what kind of refrigerator he wants to buy. And he wants to explain to me every detail of the competing brands. And um, I'm like, hey, babe, can you just tell me which one we're going to buy? Because I don't, I don't need these figures. See, I was imagining it like the John Cena scene in the Amy Schumer movie where he's just doing exercise quotes while he's having sex with her. Oof. Train wreck. Train wreck, yes, that is what it's called. Um, He's just like, there's no I in team, but there is one in win. Because she asks for dirty talk and she's like... She's like, just tell, talk about what you already know and what you like, oh and God, he ends up just no. doing gym posters. So I'm imagining that <laughs> scenario where Percy's like, and then when I get to become Mr. Magic, I'm going to fucking change the law so it's like so hard to get out of Azkaban. Like, you don't even fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it. Did I tell you I got accepted at Pepperdine University? Oh. And- Meanwhile, Penelope is just laying there being like, maybe I'll just never have an orgasm and that would be okay too. <laughs> maybe my like body just doesn't make orgasms. If I don't know what an orgasm is like, I can never be disappointed for never getting them. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of Percy, he got good grades on his newts and they're talking about grades in a way that I don't really understand. It must be a British thing. Um, and then he- <laughs> we're on the train. It's the Hogwarts Express. It's time to go. Hermione tells us that she has dropped enough classes that she doesn't have to use the time turner anymore which is probably for the best don't worry we don't need this plot device anymore yeah (laughs) it'll never happen again again. (laughs) until the cursed child remembered that it was a thing yeah (laughs) (laughs) um they're just like playing on the train until there's like a disturbance outside the window and they open it up and there's a tiny little owl out there a scops owl perhaps and um they let it into the to the what's it called the train car the compartment. Compartment. compartment compartment and it's carrying a letter from Sirius which is like it's nice because there's a lot of letter writing from Sirius in the next book so it's a nice little like introduction to how their relationship is going to be for the time being um 
series is basically just like we're safe like don't even worry about it um ba- by the way i sent you that fire bowl and hermione's like i fucking told you so and ron's like no we fucking told you so so <laughs> we're both there. right but we're both wrong Sirius Black says, I sent the cat to the post office to make this happen. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like you do. (laughs) My cat would never. I'm just imagining that post office worker like, ah, another cat bringing mail to be sent out. Dude, that wouldn't even raise a single eyebrow in the wizarding world. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's amazing. (laughs) I feel like a fucking Komodo dragon could walk in with a rolled up bit of paper and they'd be like, oh, okay, must be James. (laughs) Komodo dragon. Serious Black is like, I also attached something that I think you're going to like to this letter. I have a question about this. Uh, It's spoilers. It's uh, a permission slip so Harry can go to Hogsmeade. How Uh the fuck... Did Sirius know yeah, that Harry yeah. doesn't have, like, did Dumbledore right. tell him in that very serious conversation that he Sirius. had with Sirius about, <laughs> about, like, you know, betrayal and Voldemort and, like, dead friends did, like, at some point Dumbledore's in that conversation. Like, he's been really bummed this year. <laughs> he, can't go to, he can't go to Hogsmeade. His uncle wouldn't sign his permission form. Well, and it, it goes against it, too, because he's, not only does he give him the permission form, but he also says, like, James would be proud that his son learned how to sneak out out of you know the castle and it's like well if he would be proud of that why are you even giving him the fucking or no that was lupin that said that my bad whatever my bad. dude there's a lot of there's a lot of ways this doesn't make sense if any old fucking criminal can sign a kid's permission form <laughs> why require the permission form in the first place if you know that it's like basically fine for this poor abused child to go just let him fucking go honestly why didn't harry just do the thing that like young people do just like stand outside of a place where there's adults and be like can you please anybody please <laughs> sir i i wouldn't care if a kid walked up to me it was it's like shoulder tapping i really need this general permission slip sign so that i can go on a field trip i'd be like yeah fuck it show me what your mom's signature looks like i would definitely do that for like a field trip or something right maybe not for something like big i'm not gonna like sign off in your new tattoo but (laughs) yeah it's called shoulder tapping i used to stand outside the food line near my mom's house and it was my job because all my friends were boys and it was can you buy beer for me yeah um excuse me can you just oh do you mind buying me beer and then one time a bunch of kids a bunch of younger kids than me and i was younger than drinking age uh, they stole like a shit ton probably like this group of kids stole probably like nine or ten cases of beer and they all like ran Mm. for their lives and like i don't know cops or security guards were chasing them and so they ditched all this beer it was falling out of the cases like in the woods. And so we took my Camry and we like backed up to the woods and we went out and we recovered hundreds of beers. Like it was so much beer of every sort just in my trunk. We were drinking it for like two months. Anyway, that's my story. Trunk oh my beer God. sounds terrible. No, me and my friends always used to have trunk beer. because trunk. Right, buy- right. Andrew, yeah. did do you enjoy the trunk beer? You Was put the it trunk in a cooler. Beer yeah, good you, beer. We, we, we put a cooler in the trunk eventually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, normally trunk beer isn't something. I mean, it is a little different in this case because it's going to be in the trunk for a while. But no, like, yeah, but we were young and desperate. Yeah, but when you're sure. you know under drinking age, any beer is treasured beer, even if it goes skunk. I would like to see your timeline of appropriate sipping on trunk beer based on cooled <laughs> and uncooled environments. <laughs> yeah, I know. I guess this definitely happened at like midsummer. As, as a youth who didn't drink, 
this simply sounds like nonsense to me. It's like, <laughs> we're getting a type of alcohol that we don't really like, but it's because it's easy to get and we're drinking it in any way, not because it's pleasant, but because it's got a small amount of alcohol in it. I don't oh, think yeah. I liked any alcohol at that point, though. It was just alcohol. I liked the effect. I liked anything that tasted like candy. <laughs> I I would, for that now, I would eat um, candy. <laughs> well, but this kind of candy gets you drunk. Which some people enjoy, and I. But the moral of the story is that I enjoy being drunk these days so much more than I. I, I didn't. I didn't know what it felt like to be nice and adult and just legally, gently drunk. <laughs> <laughs> legally, <laughs> already in your home, not going to go anywhere drunk. Just, just like no stress. This beer hasn't been on any forest floor. Like, <laughs> just like. We don't have to run from anybody. Like, this, this is, is great. This whole thing is just making me think of um, Patton Oswalt's bit about, like, he got married pretty recently and, like, they had signature cocktails based on, like, where they both grew up. And uh, Patton Oswalt grew up in Northern Virginia. <laughs> where we grew up. And it was called the Sterling and it was just vodka and lemonade. And he was like, yeah, that's about right. <laughs> Yeah, my my brother for his twenty, I think I I was trying to be cool. It was like his nineteenth or his twentieth birthday, and I was like, "I'll get you anything you want from the liquor store. Like, tell me what you want, I'll go get it." And he was like, "Yo, I would love some pink lemonade Smirnoff," and I was like, "No, I said anything though." And he was like, "I only know the one, the one liquor. <laughs> Can I have?" And I was like. I'll get, I'll get you some like nice brandy or something. He's like, no, I just I really like this one off Big Lemonade. Listen, me and my homies only. Me and my homies only drink the Smirnoff Pink Lemonade. <laughs> I once purchased Fruit Loop flavored vodka for a friend. <laughs> it was a popular. I forget what brand it was. There was some Smir- brand. Three Smirnoff olives. Did, oh yeah. yeah Three olives. Loopy. Speaking of my brother Michael, still, um, when he and I were children, he had he got unfortunately sick, and there was a lot of Fruit Loops involved, and I literally have not eaten them since. It's been like it's been like twenty six years. The most colorful vomit. That's me and Teddy Grams. <laughs> There's some barfs you can't get over, you know. <laughs> Okay, let's move on. So there's a PS on the back of Sirius's letter. Sirius's letter. And it's like, your friend Ron can keep this owl because I may, I'm the reason he doesn't have a rat anymore, even though I really <laughs> saved him from sharing a bed with a grown adult. And also, I think it's a great idea to buy other people pets. So here's a pet for you now and your poor family to feed. Also, PSS, <laughs> I'm rich too. How fun is that? Yeah. <laughs> for real. Um, so, but luckily Ron likes the owl and he, in a very cute little olive branch, holds the owl out to Crookshanks and is like, can you? If I get your approval now, will you promise not to ever eat this pet of mine? And Crookshanks is like, fine. And that's that is that's big cat energy right there. <laughs> I just love that like Ron, like even before this, caught the owl and was already holding it because he noticed Crookshanks was watching yes. it and he was like, Don't you do it? That's um that's like dad reflexes, you mm-hmm. know? Yep. Yeah. And so when the train gets to King's Cross Station, the Dursleys are there, which is a just a surprise for me every single year that they go to pick him up. I think it's only Vernon. Well, I don't think whoever. the whole family went. A representative. There's <laughs> the other years where transportation is there. <laughs> yeah, like they make sure he gets home, which is yeah, it shocks me. There's one year where they 
Oh no! It's they all drop <laughs> they all drop him off laughing in the sorcerer's stone. Yeah, um, that's a hard. So, but Ron's like, "Yo, I'll hit you up because I'm trying to go to the World Cup," and we're like, "What is that? I don't know what that is." And then Harry, when he reunites with Vernon, which sounds like the wrong word, when he's <laughs> becomes burdened with the presence of his abusive uncle once more. Um, basically, Harry's like, "Yo, I have a godfather now, and he's a convicted felon, so he'll murder you." <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Every year Harry comes home, he's like, I found a new threat. Will this one work? <laughs> <laughs> Harry's a survivor. Like, you got to give it to him. He, he's a clever survivor. Like, he will do whatever it takes and risk whatever horrible, horrible repercussion there might be just to attempt to get a little more freedom. Like, yeah, it's pretty, it's honor. Honestly, it's kind of admirable. I'm a survivor, not gonna give up, gonna thread my uncle with all <laughs> the magic. Uh, what? Um, that's the end of the book, gang. We done. I, I closed the book just now. I did too, but it was very gentle. Mine is a massive hardcover here. Let me let me get the full sound clip. Nice. Yeah. Wow. Do you want me closing my audiobook? Yeah. Ugh, audiobooks. Just the, just the sound of your phone clicking to sleep. <laughs> As bonus click, content though, just... one day, I would love to just debate Andrew on the benefits of audiobooks versus paper. I actually have quite a long list of potential bonus episodes right now, and um, a lot of them are noun, colon, what the fuck. So I'll add <laughs> audiobooks, colon, what the fuck to the list. <laughs> Noun colon what the fuck sounds like a good descriptor of our podcast in general. I was going to say, that's an excellent name for a podcast, honestly. Noun colon what the fuck. Oh, yeah. Don't take and that. Then, we copyrighted it. Yeah, yeah. That's, our, that's ours now. And then each episode is like, airplane food, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> Do a deep dive on it, talk mind. about it, think about it. You actually could. Yeah. 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 Cool. Well... How do we feel? How do we feel here at the end of Prisoner of Azkaban? Brooke, I would love to get your thoughts first because it's been the longest for you since the reread. I I liked it a lot more than I remembered liking it. I think my my opinion of this book was really colored by the films and it's a terrible right. movie to watch because you're literally watching the exact same thing happen twice, whereas reading right. it is a different experience. So I'm glad that I, I revisited it because it definitely <laughs> felt a lot better on the reread. Yeah, something that um, I deal with, and I'm sure Haley does too, with amateur authors a lot um, as they're kind of learning the craft of writing is like, you you can't just say what's happening in a scene. You need to be consistently giving things emotional context for your characters so that we give a shit. And this book is like the definition of that because a, an amateur writer would have would have written the same thing twice. But it's like the the whole when we go back and do it all again, the whole thing is shaded by a, like a new range of emotional context, which is very cool. Andrew, what about you? How do you feel here at the end of The Prisoner of Azkaban? I always. I mean, it's, it's, it's my favorite book. So, I mean, I, I, it, it's nice that I got to reread it again, but this is always an interesting point because while this is my favorite book, the next, you know, we're going into the part that it really makes that ramp up from like a definitive children's tale to like, we're crossing over into full on young adult territory. Right. Um, and honestly, it's weird because I, I love, I love the third book, but the next four are actually the ones that I'm more likely to go back to because they are, you know, they're, they're just, they seem more, 
I don't know. I don't know how to describe it, but it's like it's getting more real. Like it's not yes. low stakes. It's not which he's been dealing with death as a stake, but for whatever reason now it starts to feel a lot more like action movie versus innocent movie. Yeah, I think that I think the next couple um books turn into him like things really happening to him whereas these first couple books it's like him just meddling and yeah. like learning yeah. about yeah. the world well that the first the first three are very like contained to hogwarts and right. like the yeah. later ones branch out a really lot more yeah. Haley, how do you feel here at the end of the prisoner of azkaban i mean i always love rereading this this is also my favorite of the series um so like i finish it and i'm just immediately bracing myself for the fourth and fifth ones yeah i get that well this might be a good time to make a little bit of a housekeeping announcement um i've talked about this but i don't think i've made an official announcement on the show it's no big deal don't even worry the restricted section will be going on a summer vacation. I mean, we're not going on vacation, but we're taking a summer break <laughs> from the podcast. Um, probably somebody's going to go on vacation eventually. But um, next week, we have a little bit of a fun bonus episode. It's an unlocked Patreon bonus episode, something called Soup Salad Sandwich. Oh, oh classic. Wow. If you have a loved one who enjoys this podcast, like I recommend maybe just listening to that one episode separately because it does start fights. Um, <laughs> the following week, we're going to be covering the Prisoner of Azkaban film with Haley, Mary Clay, and Ethan Edgehill from Bacon and Eggs. I'm super excited about that. And then after that, we are going to go on summer break um, until the end of August. So I think we're going to have a couple little surprises throughout the summer. But um, yeah, look back for the first chapter of The Goblet of Fire on September 1st, which is incidentally a Wednesday and incidentally the day, the day that the Hogwarts Express goes to Hogwarts. So I'm pretty excited about how that lined Nailed up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so excited. Um, but do not worry because this summer... There's a lot of cool new stuff coming to the Movie Night Crew Network. I'm sure you've heard our announcement. If you haven't, that means you didn't listen to last week's episode. What are you doing? Get it together. <laughs> that My Cabbages is officially on the Movie Night Crew Network now. They're a part of our fam. We're so excited. We love Zach and Alex. We love Avatar The Last Airbender here on the Movie Night Crew. So if you haven't yet, definitely go check that out. And if you're not familiar with Avatar, go try it. Uh, we recommend it. Not the Shyamalan movie. I cannot stress this enough. Not the Shyamalan movie. I'm, I'm confused. Not they. They never made a live action Avatar movie. What are you talking about? Exactly. Yeah. Haley, the Earth King has invited you to Ba Sing Se. Is that how the quote goes? <laughs> the The Earth King has invited Let you to Lake Lao Gai. Damn it! <laughs> the whole city is Ba Sing Se. I really, I know. See, the thing is that I so know that, and like, I'm just like god awful at quoting things. Like, I'm really bad at it. Whatever. I'm also really excited to introduce a brand new Movie Night Crew podcast, one that you, unless we accidentally spilled to you because the Movie Night Crew creators are notoriously bad at keeping secrets, you may have never even heard of it before. In the next couple of weeks, we will be adding another new member to the Movie Night Crew family, Content and Capable, a podcast about adulting and like, but being happy also. The intersection of how to function and how to be happy kind of and we're all guessing on it we're all so happy and capable <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're doing great hey 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 we said content not happy <laughs> yeah i guess you're right no you're completely capable right. not overly <laughs> successful like <laughs> we're being this is actually right in my lane so i'm 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 fine with this <laughs> 
Yeah, so that one is hosted by our good friend Sam, and we're so excited for him to start this journey. That trailer just dropped, so be sure to go subscribe to Content and Capable wherever you can um, so that you can, you'll can you get notified when the first episode releases on June 7th. We are so excited. Get ready. Buckle up. It's happening. And maybe we have another couple of special announcements in the future. Maybe not. Wait and see. Are y'all ready to move on to plugs? You have to answer me verbally because this is a podcast. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm not thinking. Thinking. They're just gazing. Yeah, They're gazing into space, not answering me. Um, I'll go first this week. Thank God. I don't know either. I've got one. Thank you, Brooke. I've been Brooke Matherly. You can follow me on Instagram at passion for parks You can follow me on Twitter at GrumpyBrook. And this week I want to plug a podcast that has been out for a while, but I'm just catching up on it and really loving it. And it's called Blank Check with Griffin and David. Um, they started out as a Star Wars podcast. I skipped all of that. And then they <laughs> eventually transitioned into looking at prolific auteur style directors. They look at their entire filmography movie by movie and try to establish when Hollywood started giving them a blank check to make whatever they wanted because of early success and then how that oh impacted God. their career. It's very wow. good. Wow. Wow. That's, that's a cool concept. Haley, yes. You have a plug next? I actually do. Um, Good job. And I'm going to remember it this time. I'm Haley. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, if you must, at the Writ to Wit. Uh, and I am Crushed going it. to plug, speaking of uh, auteur art films, uh, the Soviet uh, Lord of the Rings. No, I no. I'm gonna no. I'm gonna nope that plug. You're not permitted. <laughs> Nope, that's my choice. That's my choice. If you guys okay. want to have a completely sober fever dream, uh, check it out because holy shit, that was that was an interesting hour and a half. It was yeah. about an hour and a half, right? I it just it it blurs together. So it was you know how when you're you know how when you have a fever of 170 degrees and you're on the brink of death and everything just all the colors get crazy and and you don't really know what's happening and you can't keep track of who has come into the room like who have i been talking to it del- i'm describing delirium just basically delirium everyone is kind of dressed like they're in a community play do you look to the girl they with are. kaleidoscope yeah eyes? everything is filmed like it was on a home camera because it was it's really <laughs> it's an experience for sure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's my plug, uh, and I'm sticking by it. If you were looking at the fellowship in this one, you you could not tell us who was Aragorn and who was Gimli and who was Gandalf. Like you could not distinguish between any of the characters. <laughs> Even if you spoke Russian, you could yeah. distinguish. <laughs> Andrew, will you go next? Sure. I uh, so over the last few days, I watched. What is the name here? I'm making sure I get it right. Jupiter's Legacy. And I'm going to plug it because I need someone to watch it and explain to me what the hell happened. <laughs> like, it's a superhero movie with multiple generations and flashbacks and figuring out who's who and what happened here. And it, like, ended on, like, a non-climax in a way. Like, it, I don't know. Like, I just, it, it's it's interesting. It's well done. Like, it looks really good. This is the weirdest plug. I just, I need someone to help me understand it. So if, if you like superhero stuff, you know, just just give it a watch and maybe shoot us an hey, email and tell me. Hey, Andrew, I'm yeah. so sorry, but you've just been ejected from Ravenclaw House forcibly. Um, 
<laughs> I'm so sorry you had to learn this way. <laughs> well, it, like, I, I, okay, What's I'll the specify. opposite of a I understand head? what happened. I just don't understand why you would end the season right there. The opposite of a sorting hat is a reassignment claw. It just comes in and just. <laughs> is, is it a claw or is it like one of those old uh, timey like vaudeville uh, hook poles that just like <laughs> come out and like drag you off stage? It is the smart house outside yes! claw. Uh, okay, great. My turn. I've been your host, Christina. You can follow me on Instagram at Christina the Con. You can follow me on Twitter, Christina Con. You can follow me on TikTok at Sprouts Private Stash. Today, I'm going to recommend The Play Puffs. I watched it last night for the first time. Our friend Mott has been talking about it for a long time. Some of our other friends in our Discord server have been talking about Puffs for a long time. If the Discord server sounds cool to you, you can gain access by becoming a patron of the restricted section for as little as a dollar a month. It gets you access to our whole little fan blam. Um, we talk about a lot of fun stuff over there. So I finally watched it last night. And I mean, it was just, I mean, it was fucking delightful. As a puff, I related to all of it. And it made me weep and it made me laugh a lot. And I had a great time. And my husband, Sean, who's not as big of a fan as me, for sure also had a really good time so i think that as long as you have a passing understanding of harry potter it's quite fun that's my plug did sean weep what you said you wept at times did sean weep no sean doesn't weep like that i was gonna say i was scared for a second i was like i don't i don't know if i want to live in that world i was weeping because the puffs dude they they just they were so moved by friendship that they just couldn't abandon their friends you they know what i mean did it. they literally did it and i <laughs> so if you love the puffs too Maybe something is happening over the summer who's to about say? that. Yeah, who's to say? There's nothing to see here. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't look like anything to me. There is no that, war in Bossing Say. <laughs> that somehow sounded mysterious, but not at all enticing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but I'm not sure I do want to know what's going on. I've been working on my Professor Trelawney persona. <laughs> mysterious and somehow deeply off-putting. <laughs> so remember to check those cues for deeply off-putting but mysterious <laughs> drops after we go on break. <laughs> um, guys, we're stalling because it's the end of the book and I don't want it to end, but we'll be back soon enough with The Goblet of Fire. 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 Ball. The Goblet of Fireball. It's Andrew's <laughs> memoir. <laughs> oh my god! Fireball is Andrew's favorite beverage. Favorite alcoholic beverage, to my knowledge. Yeah, it It's an easy go-to. Andrew, last year for your birthday, I know that I gave you a Valentine's heart full of Fireball. Um, Who else gifted you one? Haley? Yeah. And he knew it before he unwrapped either present. <laughs> It was specifically it was. Uh, the Valentine's Day package of Fireball that the very nice guy at the ABC store uh, talked me into buying because I'm too socially awkward to wow, say I'm day. single and I have no use for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, the crazy thing is that you bought it kind of around Valentine's Day, Haley, but I bought it, I think, like on Andrew's birthday on June 1st. So like that was old, that was... I mean, whiskey doesn't go bad, but they had a lot left over. That's yeah. why they were pushing them so hard. You know, you know what's eternal? Two things: fireball and love. So <laughs> that's surely the end of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it works for me. 
The Restricted section was created and hosted by me, Christina Kahn, based on the book series by J.K. Rowling. All music by Ryan Kahn. Logo by Michael Hardison. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod or shoot us an email at RestrictedSectionPod at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, feelings, complaints, conspiracy theories, or lavish praise. I just want to say that I've been waiting this whole book to try to see if there's a way I could naturally make a prisoner of Azerbaijan reference and it never came up. So I'm just going to leave it here. Just going to dangle that thread. If you want to drop it in somewhere in the last few episodes, go ahead. If you can give me a good joke, please reach out to us on Twitter for prisoner of Azerbaijan. I would love to hear it. Honorable partisan in the prisoner of Azerbaijan. That movie sucked. I kind of liked it. Movie Night Crew Network.